0: so this is a no bullshit episode we need to talk about something that for some reason has been swept under the rug during the opioid crisis and it, it amazed me Me constantly that yes the opioid crisis and I did a lot of shows on the opioid crisis and uh, uh, treatment of opioids and medication for opioid recovery and holistic health and diet and on and on and on but the entire time that this opioid crisis has been going on more people are still dying from alcoholism than opioids that got swept under, probably much to the pleasure of some big money people out there who got tired of the spotlight and were happy to share it with the pharmaceutical industry. So we're going to come on back and we're going to talk about teens who drink. Why? What is going on? Why is this thing still so prevalent? Why is it still killing our kids? Why aren't we keeping it in focus? What is wrong with society? What is wrong with treatment centers? What is wrong with the doctors? That this can't be and remain a number one health issue because it kills so many people and it starts when we're kids in the same way that smoking does. While it's true that only 18% of kids who start smoking in high school end up smoking as adults, that 18% is a leading contributor to the amount of people who die from cancer caused by cigarettes. Why can't we see the strings, that golden thread of mental health and addiction all the way into the behavior of our children? Let's talk about teens who drink. I have an incredibly special guest this week. This is Dr. Rob Kelly. He is known as the recovery expert. Coming to us from San Antonio by way of Manchester, England. This man who grew up in a family of musicians developed a strong love for music at an early age. Uh, he, he worked at Abbey Road Studios. This man was an alcoholic. This man was a heroin addict. He began drinking and using drugs at an early age, but managed to stay on his path of success, moving to Oxford in the 80s to pursue his PhD in uh, psychology at Oxford University. I recently got to see him uh, on the doctor's show talking about it. And what I like about this man is his straight talk, his no BS. He's gonna tell it like it is, and he's got the education. To back it up, and his story of his addiction and recovery is going to shake you to remember that when your kid goes to a party and drinks, the experimentation phase is over. We got to watch for binge drinking, we got to watch for addictive drinking. Families. This is now the episode where we learn why do teens drink. My name is Aaron Huey. I'm your host of Beyond Risk and Back. My guest today is the addiction, the recovery expert, Dr. Rob Kelly. Dr. Rob Kelly, thank you so much. And again, thank you to your podcasting assistant who uh, connected us. I'm, I'm overjoyed that you're taking the time to talk to my families here on Beyond Risk and Back. So welcome, sir. Thank you so much,
1: Aaron. You know, I've really been looking forward to this and I'll tell you why. I have a podcast assistant. I don't think many people have that, but they seek out some of the best podcasts around that gives information, especially to moms and dads and as, as regarding teens. And your name was at the top of the list. So I've actually been waiting to come in here for about two months as we've been sorting other things out. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having
0: me on. It's absolutely my my pleasure, my pleasure. And and talking off the air, I think we got a lot of the same no cupcaking rules for our own philosophies. Um, and there were some things you said on The Doctor Show uh, that I watched that I, I want to get into. And folks, you can find the video on The Doctor Show. Um, uh, Dr. Rob Kelly on The Doctor Show. If, uh, look it up on YouTube. Uh, addiction expert Dr. Rob Kelly speaks with doctors on heroin and alcohol addiction on YouTube on the Doctor's Show. So, Doc, let's get right into it. I'd love to know um, the background of your story and especially your rock bottom moment, uh, because you 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 talked about one of those sober moments where where you were reaching for it, your reaction to it, and and your realization of your relationship to alcohol. So please give my parents a little background on uh, your addict side.
1: Definitely I love to qualify myself, not only educated but also been through a process. And it's a harrowing story and it needs to be a harrowing story because so many times we 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 gloss over what the real problem is. So I took my first drink at the age of nine and I'm on stage with a musical family, very nervous at the age of nine. Can you imagine playing in front of hundred people and my uncle give me a beer. Give me a half of this golden liquid, which I swallowed down real quickly. I hated the taste. But as soon as I entered my body, I knew there was something great going to happen from now on. So the problem with my upbringing is I come from an upbringing family. And alcoholism as a whole was never recognized. And what I used to say instead was granddad liked to drink. Or hey, dad likes to drink or like to drink. I didn't know about them. So all through my teens, my college years, I'm drinking, but it's manageable. And because drinking is legal, nobody's raising an, an eyebrow to me. It's just part of my growing up in a middle, lower-class family back in Manchester. But what I didn't know is, is, is the more I drank, the more I got addicted to the taste and addicted to the effect that it had on my body. And one of the reasons why it had a great effect is because of my childhood trauma. Now, when I say that, people go, oh, hang on a second. Childhood trauma, listen very carefully. This is a fact. Anything less than nurturing as a child can be child abuse when it comes to alcoholism. Because a subconscious alcoholic brain will grab hold of that. Don't be so stupid. You can't do that. How many times have I told you, you idiot, will grab hold of that. And when we find alcohol, it takes it all away. So we have to be careful as we're growing up through our teens. Now remember remember from, from the age of birth to about six or seven our bodies have been molded our brain is being molded and with somebody who has the addictive brain because we're kind of born this way guys we'll get into that later the remapping of the brain especially hypothalamus is distorted because of our childhood and what happened with me is i just never felt good enough i never felt i fit in so i would always slide away to drink that took me to a place where i felt really good so I traveled all through, you know, college was great. I uh, Road. Uh, played with Elton John, Barry, all them great guys. Still didn't think I had a problem, Aaron. This is, this is the deal with alcoholism, is nobody thinks they're really that bad until I lost the million-dollar house and the wife and the kids and the cars and the holiday home and the parents won't speak to me and I end up homeless. How can somebody from Oxford University end up homeless? How does that even happen? alcoholism and the misunderstood of the disease. And most importantly, the lack of education when it comes around it. You know, oh, he drinks alcohol, he must be an alcoholic. No, that's not the case. We have to look at what alcoholism is and what alcohol has the effect. So if alcohol is the symptom, what is really going on with our kids? Why are these kids going back and repeating the same Act that's gonna get them in trouble, stick them in the room, isolate. Why they keep doing it? Well, I know today why. I know exactly why they keep doing it. So when I was homeless, I swore to myself, and, and I also had like a higher power as a universe thing. If I ever got off the streets, and by the way, only three percent of people come off the streets where I where I was a homeless, 97% of the people die on the streets. So I was lucky or blessed to get off the streets. I promised, guaranteed, that for the rest of my life, I'm going to research what's really going on. And I want to be there for the teens of this world and the parents to make sure they get the correct information and understand what's really going on. And I'll just say this before, before we ask questions is, we did research in, in a hospital in Richardson near Dallas. And we did a research on a Friday and Saturday night. And these are age groups between sixteen and twenty nine. Ninety seven percent of people coming through the ER department on a Friday and Saturday night have
0: alcohol or drugs inside and tell them. Tell me there's not a problem. That is, I mean, if that's that that exactly what you said. Tell me there's not a problem when ninety seven percent of sixteen. To twenty-nine-year-olds who are coming into the ER on a Friday or Saturday night, have drugs or alcohol in their system. Tell me that's not a problem. Tell me that's 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 you 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 you've mentioned your your process of recovery many times. You, you've talked about you know the specific details, the promises you made about uh, you know usual, utilizing your education to get the real research out there your rock bottom experience. I have a question that I get asked by my parents, meaning the parents, my listeners of the show. I have their voice in my head. Do you have to hit rock bottom? Is rock bottom part of recovery or is it a byproduct of some people's process or is it actually a chemical brain catalyst for change? There
1: is a rock bottom, but I had a patient who had a rock bottom in a five-star hotel drinking champagne at $1,000 a bottle. So one of the reasons why, well, two reasons I do this today. One, one, first of all, is I'm sick to death of watching people die. Sick to death of it through lack of education. And secondly, I want to raise them bottoms. And I want parents to look at the child and go, hey, we may have a problem here because I've seen X, Y, and Z that Dr. Rob said I have to look for. And, and education, education, education when it comes to alcoholism. And abuse of alcohol, very important, two different words, but the same end result. And one of the reasons why we're not taking it serious is because it's legal. You know, oh, you can't drink till you're 21. Please. I've never met a, a, a I've never met a guy at 21 that's not already had a drink when he was younger. And many of them are drinking on a regular basis. And the other problem we have out there, guys, and people are saying, Well, it can't be that much of a problem. Cancer kills more people than that. Wrong. Wrong. And let me tell you some of these studies that we've done. Johnny and 10,000 other people last year were in a car accident. Why were they in a car accident? Because they were drunk. Because they couldn't stop drinking. What does the accident go down as death? What does it go down on the record and the law? goes down as car accident. The guy that started cirrhosis, because his family is rife with alcoholism and alcohol abuse, does it go down as cirrhosis due to alcoholism? No. It goes down to liver failure. And these came to stack up when we come to the actual death by alcohol, which are the guys in hospital dying slowly but surely as each individual uh, organ starts to shut down. They go down. So when you look at the percentages of how much it actually kills, oh, well, alcoholism only kills like 13%. No, you're wrong, America. You are wrong. We have research on this. I've been saying this for 10 years. Let's just talk about alcohol. We have an epidemic on our hands. And unless somebody does something about it, it's going to be disastrous in another five to ten years' time. And believe me, if you've got teens now that are showing the signs of drinking too much, acting out, or whatever it may be, holding you hostage most of the times, mentally, psychology, and physically, need be, they're the problem children that's going to grow up, and, and they're going to become it's going to become an absolute mayhem because they're not going to parent properly, they're not going to fit in, and most of the people that I know in that situation, including my wife's brother took a gun to his head and shot himself in the head and killed himself. Did he kill himself because he was depressed? Maybe. Did he kill himself because he just lost his job? Maybe. Did he kill himself because he had a problem with alcohol? Yes, he did.
0: You, you're, you, you've mentioned a couple times these signs for parents to look out for. Let's jump into that right away so that we start the show with the things, you know, with the parents writing down in a notebook. You got a 16 year old kid. And you're, you're the the hairs on the back of your neck are standing up. There's a little bit of concern. You search the room. What am I looking for?
1: Biggest one to look for is isolation. When teens start to isolate, that's the number one sign. When teens start to get unkempt, I don't mean not shaving or whatever. If they are shaming. just watch the way they dress, watch their behavior, and most importantly, watch their school. Watch their results from school. Isolation. First of all, they start mixing with other kids. And then all of a sudden, when it starts to get a problem, they isolate more. You know, just anything that's outside the norm. Don't kid yourself into, well, it's just the stage they're going through. Guys, it's not fucking stage, okay? This is alcohol abuse that's getting out of control. And if most parents, and lack of knowledge, I'm not blaming anybody here, my parents were the same. This is why I'm doing this for education. You've got to start changing the behavior. There's got to be consequences. One of the reasons why other drugs don't get as much you know, attention as, as, as heroin or alcohol. There's no consequences. There has to be consequences in the house if you're acting out drinking too much because I would rather a parent be strict with their son and set guidelines and boundaries down than when he turns 20, 21, shoot himself in the head because he can't stand life anymore and he can't stop drinking.
0: You... You mentioned so so. Let's talk about this isolation because one of kind of the the standard ideas about how to know when it's a problem is that if your child is drinking alone, all right. Yep. So so for an example, um, you're, you're searching the kid's room. You know the kid hasn't been going out much. They don't hang out with their friends, so they're 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 you're worried. You search the kid's room, you find empty empty plastic flasks and and you find four of them uh you find a half empty one hidden in hidden under the mattress so you know drinking's going on is it the 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 isolation and it being alone is that how we know it's alcoholism or is that how we know that there's you you talked about uh alcoholism versus abuse of alcohol how do i know which is the difference and which one is a parent do am i afraid of
1: Well, the the guy that's abusing alcohol, the teen who's abusing alcohol can stop giving a sufficient reason. So the parents, well, you're not going to pay for that vacation. We're not going to buy them sneakers for birthday. If I see another drink or drop in his house, we're done with you. That guy will stop. Now, once that's been said and consequences have been put into place, you then go on a week later to find some more empty bottles, then we have a big problem.
0: So when the when the consequences don't matter anymore.
1: Correct. Okay. And that means that as young as they are, they can't stop drinking alcohol. And people go, well, yeah, but that must happen in your 40s and 50s. Wrong again. It doesn't. If someone's dependent, because that's what becomes first. When we take the first drink, there's something that happens with the alcohol in somebody, that anybody else. I know that because I'm an alcoholic. But with the abuse, it's just as dangerous because most people tend to binge drink when they abuse alcohol. So we have to look at why it's happening. Why is the behavior happening? So if alcohol is the symptom, what's really going on? We have to go back to the scene of the crime, as we say, and clear it up and find out what's really going on. And unfortunately, it's it's childhood. It's growing up the childhood. Either being exposed to it a lot, and this is where the heavy drinking comes in, or, or pouring a glass of wine at dinner, that can go out of control. Now, I've got to specify, guys, not every teenager who has a glass of wine at, in, at dinner with home is going to have a drink problem. The percentages are going to be very small. But, and here's the big but of them, let's say 16% of people who grow up in a family that drink alcohol becomes have a problem with it, that then 16% at high risk, thank you. And if 14% were to die for whatever reason due to alcoholism, I wouldn't even bash your because they're the statistics we're looking at.
0: So is this, is, is alcoholism genetics? Is it trauma? Is it a mix of both? Does it matter? Is it chicken and egg? Like, like that's the other thing is that, is that rather, and and parents are going to, this one's going to hurt a little bit when I say this, but rather than actually attacking the issue, we, we try to do some sort of therapeutic track back to justify the issue so we can attack it. Well, my grandfather used to drink. My mom used to drink My there's a, you know, they're drinking. You need to attack. We can deal with all the other stuff during recovery, but now we got to attack the issue. However, there's a haunting that goes on in the brain where the, the parents say, were they traumatized? Did I miss something? Or is this genetic? Is it, is it my, my bad genes? Which is it doc? Does it matter? It doesn't
1: matter. Alcoholism is generic. Alcoholism is hereditary. Alcoholism is part of the makeup of the brain. It's really it's matched. Now, I know alcoholics this'll this will amaze people. I know alcoholics that never drank. But you can tell that alcohol oh. is great. you see the addicted brain is very smart. You yeah. see the guys that are running their multi million dollar CEOs, they have the addicted brain. If, if they ever tried alcohol, they'd probably go down that road. So information at an in early stage. Well, granddad was an alcoholic, father is, is struggles with alcoholism. There, there you are, science. Can we steer that kid away from alcohol? Of course, we can with education. This is the family tree. And this is where we get in trouble with alcohol. And nine or 10 times, a kid who is smart enough will steer away. Once he starts it, he can't stop. Now, heavy drinking and abuse of alcohol, that is part of our upbringing. Just as important as alcoholism is passed down by hereditary. Because if you keep saying alcohol is okay, Let's face it, we're putting a poison in our body and you have the addictive brain, not even the alcoholic brain, but we do things to excess, you're going to start abusing the alcohol, just like you're going to start, you know, you're going to sandwich. I am going to sandwich shop today, I'm an alcoholic, I don't—I I say to my friend, what do you want? Oh, I'll have a beef sandwich. Is that it? Yeah. What do you want, Rob? Uh, give me two beef sandwiches, baguette of chips, I'll have two of them drinks and I'll have a cake. That's the addictive brain. One is never good enough. I always want more, more, more. And that's what happens with the people that abuse alcohol. And unless we catch it at an early age, it's going to run out of control way before you spot, oh, my God, this is a danger sign now. It's too late. It's too late, especially if there's alcoholism in the family and you have a big battle in your hands. And if you look at the percentages of people Getting well from alcoholism, we just look at 12 step groups, we look at the normal treatment center out there, we're talking three to 4%. What's the point? I'll tell you what the point is there's no money in getting people well. There's no money in educating them about alcohol is dangerous because why? It makes too much tax on it, it makes too much money. There's no money in getting people well, and, and, and there just isn't enough money. And that's why there's no research into this. And that's why it's led to people like me to do our own research, to get on TV and start shouting and screaming and go, hey guys, we've got a problem. Stop. We've got a problem. It's not okay if your teenager is drinking alcohol on a daily basis. It's not a phase if you leave it. And that's the problem we face.
0: The the genetics of alcoholism is so incredible. For me, alcohol was the thing I used when I decided that I shouldn't smoke pot anymore. So I just went to daily drinking. But but as I as I was as I was telling you off the air, there was a series of those substitutions I went through before I realized that the problem was Heron. But when I got back in touch with my biological family because my my biological father was an alcoholic, uh, died from uh, uh, liver complications. And when I finally met my three brothers and my sister, one of the things that that, uh, we found out was that we all loved the taste of vodka. And my daughter loves potatoes. And it's an incredible thing to these people that I had never met to find out that even when we did drink, that the drink of choice was the same. And these, and, and there, so there is that golden thread of genetics that was going through. And now my daughter loves potatoes in any form, French fries fried in the morning. Like it, it didn't yeah. matter, but she loved potatoes. So is alcohol, and, and for me, a, there's a lot of research and arguments about alcoholism being a form of diabetes because of the blood sugar levels and the blood sugar spikes and things like that. Do you see any correlation there?
1: I haven't yet, but we are researching it. And I'm always careful what to say sure. unless they have a hundred percent proof behind me. Not really interested in what other people say after the research on alcoholism as a whole and am it with the medical paternity. So I've not done it. But you know something, Aaron? I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised. So we're not looking at one I mean, if you if you're born an alcoholic with the addictive brain, but you don't drink, are you still an alcoholic? I don't know. Are you? I mean, it's, it's really hard to define. So we've got to look at separate things around alcoholism as we're born that way. And also the mapping of the neural pathways in ages one to six or seven. And we've got to look at that. You know, one of the reasons why people come to me, they always say, is I have no confidence. You know, I don't feel as if it fit in. And we go back to the childhood. And, it, and you, you hear senses like, shut up, you'll never do that. Or get off there, you stupid idiot. Oh my God, how many times have I told you, you clown? And and the, and the, and the, and the subconscious brain will grab that and store it away and it will come out at the right time when you're baffling in your head. Should I drink? Should I not? So alcoholism is partly understood from some of the research you've done, but it's still a myth of how the, the brain reacts that way you know intricately once again there's no money in getting people well so people have not done that much research but there's still more to come alcoholics anonymous is a book it's not the group you go to that's a fellowship the book is one of the most intriguing book when it comes to alcoholism so there's certain questions you can ask especially with your teens is when your teen takes a first drink and you find it in his bedroom when he's going out with his can you then stop for a week or a month and not touch it and if the answer is yes that's the time to catch and educate. If the guy can't stop and you see that the empty bottles in the room every night and you find out he's drinking on a daily basis and he can't stop, you have a serious problem. That needs to be taken 100% serious because there's only two consequences there.
0: Right. Let's talk about that second sign about being unkempt, like, like, like understanding what that means for teenagers, because sometimes with teenage boys, it's hard enough to get them to take a shower anyway. (coughs) Excuse me. They haven't changed the sheets on their bed. Their, their laundry is overflowing and smells like a gymnasium. How do we, how do we determine unkempt? What does that mean to you when you're talking to a parent and saying, are they unkempt?
1: You gotta look at a couple of things, especially let's say between 14 and 18 is when boys start trying to date girls, you know, and you will always see a change. You'll set tiredness. nurse, you'll see, you know, looking great training Look for, look at the sneakers. Are they marked, are they bruised, are they smashed, are they unlaced. That's one of the biggest signs. Because you're still gonna get the unshaven when they're 18, 19. You're still gonna get not making the bed. Look at the personal hygiene, the clothes just first, first of all. Look at that. Look at the jeans. Make sure there's no patches that's been really rough or dirty or bloody or whatever it may be because they're just throwing clothes on every day and they want to drink. That's the stuff you have to be careful of. The other stuff, yeah, I agree, it's, it's just teenage in a home. but you you can look for certain things that are just different to the norm. And, of course, if you've got kids that grew up before, track them back and see what they were doing at that age. And, that's all, and if there's anything different at all, it's always best to act. And be a little bit more concerned than maybe you should be if you get the end result correct. And that is awareness and education. That A, there's alcoholism in the family, so be careful. And B, everybody wants to abuse alcohol because it's their go-to thing and it's legal. So just be careful. Watch the traits? Watch the missing uh, family dinners? Huge, huge red bells. Watch, watch for the missing eating. There's lunch money, here's sandwiches. You look in his bag, the sandwiches are still there, but you find an empty bottle, half bottle of vodka. Watch for that sign as well. These are all signs that are giveaway that the kid is not growing up the way you think he's growing up. And traits are becoming habits. And you have to be careful. So what we look at is most people go, You form a habit and you form an addiction. That is correct with drugs. That isn't correct with alcoholism. Alcohol is different. We have the actual alcohol inside our brain, but then it becomes a habit that we do on a daily basis. Once the brain starts to say, hey, this is okay, and the body says, I'm relying upon alcohol, it's virtually impossible for that kid to stop on his own. And I'll tell you why: The normal brain of a normal active human being, the hypothalamus at the back of the brain, near the prehistoric brain, it's a fight or fight part of the brain. That tells us what to eat How to run, how to fight. Now, the eating and drinking of water is a survival instinct. That's what, that's what happens. We just know that as a child, we don't need like an animal knows to eat or drink. We have to drink water and eat food to survive. That's what the guy next door, that's what he survives on. With the alcoholic brain, the hypothalamus is telling me to drink alcohol. That's why an alcoholic can go days or weeks without eating food or drinking water. That is a problem. Because when your brain's telling you something, you have yeah. no choice but to follow. Yeah, how do you question What's that worse is once the hypothalamus gives that order, the prefrontal cortex, which only has one job in the world and that's to come up with an answer immediately or as quick as possible, agrees with the hypothalamus and goes, Oh yeah, that's the quick result. You see the problem with this here is A eh, great it comes up with an answer almost immediately, but B, it doesn't have to be the right answer. And that's where we fall in the
0: trap of alcoholism. We can't get out of it. You know, when when I'm working with kids who struggle with alcoholism and uh, alcohol abuse, that is one of our first strategies to say, your goal here is to stop believing everything you think like that. That's your goal. That's amazing. Where, where the, with the, with the kids who are struggling with drugs and self-harm, we got to change that up a little bit. There's something else going on. So the, the, the genetic predisposition of alcoholism, this is fascinating to me because you, again, this is one of the, the parallels that I, that I've been drawing between you and I, my first word as a child was more, that was my first word. And what I'm suddenly sitting with is that it was more that was the problem. But when I found drugs and alcohol, more became very easy. And so that became my path because I didn't want to spend my time and energy trying to figure out which more was going to fill a hole that couldn't be filled. But temporarily I could fill it with drugs and I could fill it with alcohol and I would feel better for a minute and then I would get sober and I would have to drink more.
1: Yeah. Quick fix. Instant gratification is not, not good enough for me and to be faster than that and that, and that that, analyze the problems. And and the biggest thing that you just mentioned is self-dialogue will kill people like me. I've got to be real careful. I'm the same kids with growing up. Well, let's not be silly now. Come on, Johnny. You're, you're never going to be able to go to medical school. What? Why the hell would you put a cap on anybody in their teenage years and what they can and cannot do? And I always get, I mean, look at me. Guys, I was homeless. I'm, I was homeless, guys. And I, I don't mean sleeping on my friend's couch. I mean sleeping in bus shelters. Crying myself to sleep underneath the bushes with a cardboard box around me. To one of the best minds in the modern addiction world is virtually impossible. Now, why did I do that? Because my parents? No. Because I self-believed that somebody has to do this, and that was me. So if if you're feeding stuff in, teams are like computers. You put shit in, shit comes out. You put great things in, great things will come out. And one of the biggest things that people say to me is, well, I can't be anything I want. I can't be president. Well, let's not even go there right now because a businessman has just become president. So you can become anybody you want to become. Why don't we start telling our kids this? Instead of taking no notice because they're going to school and you find the entry bubble and think it's just a phase that it's going through. Alcohol abuse is not a phase. Alcoholism is not a phase, and we need to realize this that we're killing our kids on a daily basis through lack of information. Well, I don't want to say anything because I just get up and say something if they're living in your house, it's your responsibility. If you're finding your kid tricked on a daily basis and you're too afraid to say anything in case you piss him off, shame on you, shame on you. And I tell you why you don't want to say anything, guys. And this might be hard to hear, but it's the truth. Is because you don't want to look at back at why you fucked up in the past. As small or as big as it may be, parents have a part to play in the growing up and the, and, the, and the remapping and neural pathways of the brain. So when we get to a point where it's out of control, guys, we can't stand back and go, "Lord, oh, I don't know what's going on here. You know, he's out of control. It must be the kids he's hanging around with. No, it's the way he was brought up. Let's go back to the scene of the crime and see what's happened. No one's blaming anybody here. But stop thinking it's a phase. Stop thinking it's the kids is hanging around when it's not. The guys and the girls out there are screaming out because there's something wrong internally. And we have to face that. Alcoholism and alcohol abuse is not something we do for fun. It's something we do when everything else breaks down in our external life that we try and fix ourselves internally. Start telling people that they're great. Start telling the kids that you believe in them. Start telling them you can do anything you want. And most importantly, we've got to watch these guys. Is show me your kids' friends and I will show you his future.
0: One of the things that we make very clear to parents when when we hear it from every parent is, you know, this group of kids he started hanging around with, this group of girls she's she's hanging with and you know, she's got these friends that are leading her down the wrong path. What I remind every parent is, you know, other parents are saying that about your kid, right? Because your kid's part of this group and is the bad influence to other parents. So A, stop saying that because other parents are saying that about your kid. And B, these are children we're talking about. We forget because this is a tall 17 year old who's Filled with testosterone and a deep voice now and has, you know, hair sprouting out from his top lip and he's getting angry because he hasn't had a drink. We think he's a man and he's a child. She's a child. And so when we're blaming children for the problems that are taking place especially as the research shows us that this is not what did you say in in that show and the doctors that this that the drinking was a byproduct it was a symptom of something was going on it and of itself is not a problem except for people who have a problem with it like, like that, that was the big realization. Weed was not my problem. Drugs were not my problem. Uh, drinking alcohol was not my problem. Women weren't my problem. And food's not my problem. Aaron's my problem. And it yeah. wasn't until I actually dealt with Aaron and got that thinking straight to say, you know what, Mr. Kid who barely got out of high school, who's been bullied, sexually assaulted, and abandoned— you can be anything you want to be. And now I run one of the top 50 mental health treatment centers in the United States. How does that happen for a guy who didn't pass math in high school? It's that I believed it. And I stopped listening to the voice that said I couldn't.
1: Yeah, self-belief. And, and if, if you're listening, I have a saying, and I'm, I'm thinking about, we've got some teachers, mate. And uh, it, it, it basically says that don't share your dream with anybody. Who don't share your dream, Period. You know, let, you can do anything you want to do. Guys, parents, stop treating your kids like friends. Being your friends. Stop treating kids as if all oh, the adults from the 7th and 18th, they're not adults. They're still growing. The brain is still growing. You have got to take control. You know, you can't just say to yourself, well, he's a man now. No, he's not a man. If he's living in your house and he's, and he's under 21, you can still have an effect. Consequences. Be a bit more strict, stand up to it. Stop saying it's not your problem. It's your problem. You had a part to play in this deal. Stand up. What's the worst can happen? He can walk out good. Better than him shooting himself in the head two weeks later because he can't stand himself and doesn't fit in anywhere. We have to start realising that we can change the way that these teams are going in the direction that they're going. The consequences need to happen. If you don't, if I find drinking again, if I find you come home drunk, I will breathalyze you when you come in the house, then your curfew is going to be 5pm and that is it. If your kid falls out of that, you need to seriously look at it. And if you can't stick to it, you have an alcohol. And you should know you have an alcohol problem because dad, grandfather, stepmom, whatever it may be in the past has contributed to this kid and where he is today. Stop blaming them start taking responsibility.
0: Last, last question before we start to move into how people get in touch with you and follow up with you and, and e- maybe even potential if you have time, get you as, as their doctor. What, what do you do as a parent? And this is this is kind of a twofold question. When, as we said before, the consequences don't matter. You're breathalyzing them. Do you say you're going to change the curfew? You've thrown out all your liquor, so the kids got the whole house hostage now. Nobody gets a drink, you know. Uh, but they're still they're still fine in it. As as you and I agreed off air, it doesn't matter whether you say you can or can't because they can. And so now all those consequences don't matter. They're still coming home drunk. You're still finding bottles. They're drinking in school. Um, How do you know when it's time for an intervention slash residential type recovery program? How do you, how do you make that decision? And are you a fan of traditional interventions? And how do you, how do you know? And then what do you do? I, those are loaded questions, but those are the, those are the questions that parents have. All right. I, I've tried everything. We know they haven't, yeah. but, the, but still based on their tool set, they may have tried everything. Now what?
1: Interventions are always good. I've, I've lost, we, I've done about over 5,000 interventions in the last 20, 30 years, uh, probably 99, 7% success rate again, because, you know, even if the child or the teen doesn't want to go, you can make a difference. But you know, parents, listen to your gut feeling. Listen to this gut feeling that used to be what the tribal people in the past used to judge their life on. One would get a gut feeling, but it's the rest of the tribal and they'd know they were danger. It's so the same thing with the kids. You'll have that gut feeling. And I'll tell you something right now. I can't speak for anybody else, guys. But if you've got a problem, if you think your kid's drinking too much, if you try tried places that don't work, call me. And I'll tell you why they call me. First of all, I'm going to give my personal phone number here. I'm not going to give you my office on the staff. First of all, if he's got a problem, I can fix it. End of story. Secondly, if we don't fix your team's problem, I'll refund your money. Nobody else does that in the world, period. Because we know things here that's going to save your kid's life. And what's the worst that can happen? Oh, well, it was all just, you know, it was a mistake. You he, he seem to he seemed to get really well as soon as we threatened him with Dr. Kelly. Good. Take control. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to call Dr. Chummy for a 20, 30-minute phone call as a parent. That's not going to cost me anything. And I've got his personal cell phone number, so we'll chat to him and see what he thinks. And secondly, I'm going to tell my kid that at 6 p.m. every night, he better be in front of his computer for a session that's going to change his life. And it's going to happen for 90 days, and it's going to happen every single day. And then we're going to change the way the kids. Take action. There's a way to do this. Don't be afraid, guys. Stop making practical decisions based on fear. It ain't going away. Make it happen today. And and, and everything will work out for the best. Believe me, I've I've been in the industry for many years. I've been working one-on-one because that's what the program is. It's not a group of people. One-on-one for 27 years. 27 years. My success rate is 97%. Why? Because this isn't a job. The only, I'm a self-made millionaire. I don't have to do this stuff. You know, the reason why to do it is because I'm sick to death of watching teens die of this crap. So let's all make a concerted effort to get knowledgeable, get involved. Parents are going to need you to get involved as well because education is part of its deal. And let's put a stop with it now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Do it now. This is your kid's future because by the time he gets in his twenties and thirties and he wants to move back home because everything else has gone to shit in his life. It's too late. You're not going to be able to make a difference. Now somebody else might as a parent, you're not.
0: It's a, it's amazing to me how many experts in recovery, mental health or addiction um, are willing to step out and give their personal sell. And you can, you can tell you know, the, the personal contact information, here's my personal email, here's my personal cell phone number. Um, I, I I always think that, that that's a huge sign of, of A, it's obvious they're in recovery because we, we lack the boundaries to make them go through a five-stage process to yes, get in touch yes. with us, right? I mean, we, but it's also the, that's the, that's the 12th step. And, and, Parents who don't understand the steps, the 12th one is where we take the message of hope to the addict or alcoholic that's still suffering. And that means 24-7. I have a kid contacting me saying, I'm coming off a meth binge. I need help. And I call three guys who have experience with meth because I don't. They drop everything they're doing and they bombard this, this kid, this 21 year old kid with as much support as he can handle. And the next night he's at the beating and writing me about his little tin chip and how important that moment is, even though it's only been 24 hours, that, that alcoholics and addicts in recovery will do whatever it takes. And it doesn't matter how long the, the the recovery has been. We do whatever it takes because that's our 12th promise. And it's amazing. Exactly. And-
1: we, we have to do that. And, you know, there's a bunch of trim. I mean, you can you just know that your place, Aaron, you just know that it, it's a place to be. You just know that rock Kelly Recovery Group is a place to go to. And the reason why we do is look at the podcast you do. Look at the people you help that you don't get paid for. Look at the concern that you have. Look at the information. That, this is what you have to look for, guys. I'm not saying call me. Call anybody you want, but don't just leave your kid into some guy who accepts Johnny into his treatment center for the fifth fucking time and still charges him 30 grand a month. That's not the place you want to go, guys. That's That's a profit business. Go to someone that's got some skin in the game. Go to someone that's going to refund you if it doesn't work. Go to someone that's going to give you three or four times the amount of hours back to you and, and concern like me and you do, Aaron. Go to places like that that have done commitment into getting your kid well. Don't just book them into somewhere because your insurance takes it. And what's the point in doing that? There's no point at all. Do you want to, do you want your kid to live or do you want him to die? Because I'm telling you all, I'm sick to fucking death of watching teens die because the parents thought it was okay and that they're adults now at the age of 16 and they can make their own decision. No, it needs an intervene of a parent or a loved one to go, this is enough. And by the way, Mr. 18-year-old, you fucking don't know what's good for you right now. And in 10 years' time, you're going to be thanking me for making this statement and making this stand against it because we're not going to let this continue
0: under this roof. This is... This parents is the straight talk that I was talking about. It's hard to hear. I know it puts a pressure on your belief system that you believe nobody believes are the bad guy. Not only does your child who's drinking and using not want to be doing it. They were not a little kid saying one day I'm going to grow up and be an addict. One day I'm going to grow up and be an alcoholic. But you too, as a parent didn't say this is what I'm going to do with my kids so that we can struggle later. You thought you did it right. And it's hard to hear that you miss something. But if you're going to expect a child, let me say this again, if you're going to expect a child to go in and face their own demons, you better show them how it's done by being ready to face your own. Because those demons are real, they hurt, they cause a lot of pain, that's a trip down memory lane nobody wants to make but if you don't take it nothing changes and that's that's so hard you don't want to have somebody telling you 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 messed up you screwed up you could have done this better you shouldn't have said that they that they'll never make money on youtube playing video games and other people watching them why don't what what did you say don't share your dreams with people who don't share your dreams share your children's dreams yeah.
1: exactly share your children's dreams I mean, look at the world we're living in today. What can you not do? Let me just remind you that Amazon <laughs> don't own any stock, that Uber don't own any cars, and that Airbnb don't own any houses. What do you mean you can't run a multi-million-dollar company? Of course you can. I'll tell you something, with an attitude that some of the parents got, it's no wonder they stay unemployed all the time. Believe in it. Half of these guys don't have degrees. 20% of the guys who run billion-dollar companies have not even finished high school. Come yeah. on. We're living in the 21st century. Believe me, what you, it's like your kid is the computer. What you put in is the stuff you'll get out of him. If you're telling somebody, look, Aaron, I could sit here now and I could tell you a lie. You might believe it, you might not. But if I tell you a lie often enough, of course you're going to believe it. But well, here's the crux. If I tell you real often enough, I'm going to start to believe it. So I'm sat in my friend's house. Gordon Ramsay is one of my best friends. We're sat in his house and we're having dinner. And he said something to that changed my life and I passed this on to my patients. He said, Rob, do you know why I'm the best chef in the world? And I said, well, obviously, because you can cook better than everyone else. And he said, hell no. (laughs) I said, why? He said, because I tell everybody. Mind blown. So I started calling myself the best addictionologist in the world. And today I believe it. I don't care if you don't believe it or not. I say to people, I believe it. And therefore, my body and actions will follow that because I tell everybody. And that's what life's about. If you want to be a musician, go and be. If you want to be a scientist, if you want to be a teacher, all these are attainable. Even if you've dropped out of school and you're 18, you're sat at home and you can't get a job, let's rethink this. It's the 21st century. I'm going to tell you again. Amazon don't own any stock. Uber don't own any cars. And Airbnb don't own any houses. You can do whatever you want to do. Believe it. Start to believe it and it will become. So quantum physics tells us and this is from parents who are, who are looking at the kids now, who think they can get everything in control, who call me or iron, who get the life sorted out. Quantum physics, let's say on a basketball court, tells me, it's a, it's a science, it's not just a dream, I can be 25 places at the same time on a basketball court. It's a proven fact. Where would I like to be? Well, I want to be over near the goal. So when someone passes to me, I just jump up and I pop it in the hoop and I become the hero of that game. Parents, listen carefully. How did your kid get over there? You help him walk over there and take the position. He's already there. How does he know he's already there? Because you've convinced him he's already there. And once the brain is primed for success from parents, it will become a reality. And I'll repeat that again. It will become a reality. Most businessmen who didn't go to school, track them back. The dad or the mom always said, You can be anything you want, son, anything you want. Now education is important, don't get me wrong. I don't want parents going, Well, I'll tell you what, you could drop out of school if you stop drinking. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't put a cap on your kids because he could be the next about doctor. Easy. No reason why you can't.
0: Doc, how do people get in touch with you? How can parents reach out to you, find you, call you? What do you got? I got to
1: Google it was one of the biggest tools, Dr. Rob Kelly. I spell my name with two B's, R-O-B-B-K-E-L-L-Y. If you want the website, it's robkelly.com. Facebook is Dr. Rob Kelly. Uh, if you want something to read while you're out there and some more information, there's a great book on Amazon that I released uh, four months ago. It's called Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking. And guys, let me tell you, that name of the book was the last thing my daughter said to me 20-odd years ago when they took my kids off me. Daddy, daddy, please stop drinking. I couldn't do it. And after that, I was homeless. And that's one of the reasons why I do this today. And let me tell you something else to prove that I'm in the game for everybody, not for myself. All the money, not the profits, all the proceeds on that $14.99 book go back into scholarships. They go back into one-parent families. We spent $250,000 last year on one-parent families in recovery that's trying to get their life back together. We paid for cars. We paid for vacations. We'll pay your month for 12 months, your rent for 12 months, so you get back on your feet. We're in this to win it. End of story. There's no failure here. Lock me up. Call me. I don't, don't come to me. I don't care if you fucking come to me. or not. It's not the point. The point is that we do something for your child. We do something for your team. We only take on four people. You probably won't pass the assessment anyway. I'm not selling anything here. I'm just passionate about your kid because I don't want him to grow up like I do.
0: We got robkelly.com, R O B B K E L L Y.com. You said a, you talked about a phone number earlier. What's a number they can call?
1: This is my personal cell phone number, guys. So if you do call it in voicemail for whatever reason and with a patient, leave a message. I will call you back within the hour. 214 600. Zero two one zero. Um, I don't think you can find it anywhere else. So I'm going to repeat one more time. I know they can play it back. But 214, it's a ballast phone number, but I'm in San Antonio. Six zero 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 two one zero. personal self, call me. It's not going to cost you anything. We'll chat. We'll try and help you, and we'll get you a result, and we'll come up with a solution for you.
0: Dr. Robert Kelly, uh, author of Daddy Daddy, please stop drinking available on amazon, uh, robkelly.com and uh, phone number 214-600-0210. Dr. Kelly, thank you so much. The 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 passion denotes the, 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 the level of passion you have denotes the level of purpose you're on and finding someone in the recovery world as on purpose as you are is it is, it's that beacon of hope, right? It's that thing. You can say, he gets it. He understands it. He knows it. I gotta, I gotta call him. So parents, you got his number, you got his website, which on his website, his email address is there, but you have his phone number. Don't hesitate. Give this guy a call. Dr. Kelly, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy day to be on Beyond Risk and Back. I really appreciate it. And I'd love to have you back on again.
1: It's been awesome, Aaron, anytime. It's just been a, a great a great session with you and uh, the passion and the knowledge that you have. Like I say, you know, I get asked to do 100 of these my, my, my assistant will come through and, and, you know, I don't take that many because I'm busy, but this is one of the best
0: uh, informational shows that I've been on. So thank you. Doing what you do, I really appreciate that. Hey, what's your podcast? What's, your, what's the name, name of your podcast?
1: Podcast is called Wednesday Wisdom, and you'll find it live on Periscope and Facebook every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. Um, just jump on there, it, it's uh, it's open to the public so anybody can see it. We have Whoa. different guests each week, and uh, it's uh, it's good, it's informational.
0: Wednesday, Wednesday Wisdom, uh, Central Time, 9 a.m. Doc, thank you so much. Stay on the air for a second while I get us signed off, if you would. Excellent. Thank you so much indeed, Darren. Thanks, guys. Parents, the the no BS of this episode is to drive home the point that this alcoholism piece hasn't gone anywhere. We understand the opioid piece. Dr. Kelly was a heroin addict. He understands it. This episode was about alcoholism and teens teens are still drinking, they're still dying from it, and it's not something we can just brush aside because the news is telling us to pay attention to something else that they think in this moment is more important. The stadium isn't called Heroin Stadium, it's called Coors Stadium. It's the Budweiser Arena. The money behind keeping people drinking is sickening, and it's affecting your kids. You're worried about what they see on the internet? I'm worried about where they're going to see their concerts because it's in the periphery the acceptability of drinking is constantly in the periphery of a child it's in your liquor cabinet it's how you model drinking at home look if you're stressed out and you binge watch game of thrones while going through three glasses of wine what do you expect your children are going to attribute drinking wine to relaxing and it can start right there check your genetics check the trauma check the influence but most importantly check to see how your kids are doing parents if you're wondering if your child is in need of residential treatment please contact Fire Mountain at FireMountainPrograms.com or contact us at 303-443-3343 and talk to our admissions department and do the free assessment if We're the right place, we'll tell you. If we're not the right place, we'll tell you. If you're interested in coaching one-on-one with me, I currently do have an opening. Please go to firemountainprograms.com slash coaching and learn some of the details there. My thanks to Deepin Productions, who does my editing and my music. And uh, parents, you know the drill. Take care of yourself first, your adult relationship second, and your children third because you can't give someone a drink from an empty cup. In this way of self-care, we do our best work with our kids. My thanks to Dr. Robert Kelly. Go to robkelly.com. And until then, we'll see you next week, parents. Thanks for joining me.